This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Yeah, and I think my question was about, like, what does it mean? Because, like you said, windows and solar panels, it might be the first thing people think of. But what else? (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean? (laughs) Okay, I'm on it. There's a lot. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... It is a trick question because it all depends on the context of the build. And we've been seeing architecture in our buildings as a sort of template thing that you can put anywhere in the world and and it will always act the same. And now we're slowly coming back to the notion that every microclimate is different and each microclimate has their own specificities to which our buildings can can answer, they can relate to them. And so there's this dance with nature that we're starting to learn again, bit by bit. And a lot of the vernacular architecture, so the architecture without architects, the way people built before was anchored in this understanding of nature, but we've sort of lost it in the last couple of years and we're only now starting to to bring it back learning from nature and we're also learning from nature by finding new materials new natural materials that that benefits us and that don't harm the environment to answer your question Olabanji, about the benefit of a sustainable architecture it's an architecture that makes sense and it makes sense not for the short term, it makes sense, and not just for yourself, it makes sense for the long term, and it makes sense for for everything. We're now starting to think of buildings as a whole cycle. The way all materials that come into it, how much carbon do they emit? How much carbon does the construction site emit? And then even more, after the natural life cycle of the building is over, how much emissions, how many emissions do you have when you either uh, let it degrade by itself or maybe compost in place or deconstruct and take elsewhere, reuse or recycle or so all this life cycle of all the materials yeah. is now starting to come back into play. We've been avoiding it. We've been like <laughs> talking about that. It doesn't matter. Mm because our contract is set for, you know, this period of time and this amount of money. And so now we're starting to see the the bigger picture and it's absolutely fantastic. And it's healthier for you. It's healthier, it's inherently better for the user. That makes total sense. Do we have a lot of like energy efficient homes in France? Do you see a lot of them? or they're just starting to like um, pick up Um, because we have like, I don't think we even have them in Nigeria. Um, I don't think a lot of people care. (laughs) And and just to ask, where might we start from, right? If we're thinking about, I mean, there are buildings that already exist and we, we probably want to make them more energy efficient and, you know, transition from, um, the regular homes to a carbon negative home or one that is, is like zero little to zero carbon emitted. How do we get there? What are are there quick steps that we can take? Um, do we need to break down the building and start 
fresh, where, where do we start from? Or we probably just... You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.